Commencing operation, observation, attention, organic life form listeners. The following podcast will begin shortly, but first, you must know that the following hosts do not exist, and none of the stories they are about to reveal are real. Your planet is safe. No one from outer space is listening to you, especially any handheld devices or Alexicon devices. Now, let us continue this transmission. Hello, and welcome to the podcast where we are currently recapping the events of Transformers IDW 2005 Continuity. I'm Onyx Prime with my two co-hosts here. Hi, I'm Computron. Hi, I'm Kilobyte. Moving on with our comic book discussion takes us today to IDW Transformers Robots in Disguise Volume 6. And as always, spoiler warning, spoiler warning everywhere, spoiler warning horn, spoiler warning there everywhere for you your mom and uh we highly recommend you go back go back read the comics then come and listen to the podcast now onwards both computron and myself have read these series already but this is kilobyte's first time and we are excited to hear his thoughts but before we can get to that before we can dive into it before we can speculate computron do you mind telling us some facts about the comic i suppose all right. So for the hard number stuff, uh, there are a number of there are a total of five comics uh, for Robots in Disguise Volume Six. Issue twenty eight was released April twenty third, twenty fourteen, while issue thirty two came out August twentieth that same year. The writer was John Barber, and the artists were Andrew Griffith, uh, Guido Guidi, uh, Brendan Cowhill, and Casey Collar. With colors by Josh Perez and Joanna Afuente. Okay, so trivia. In issue 28, while most uh, everyone gets new Earth mode bodies beginning with this issue, RC is, is a particularly notable case, as it means the new body design she received just last month in Dark Cybertron Chapter 10 gets abruptly thrown out. Good day. Yeah, I know, right? That was like the best one, too. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. Uh, that body was supposed to be based on her Transformer Generations toy, but wound up bearing no resemblance to it. Uh, the new body doesn't look like look like the toy anymore, and the old one did. And, you know, continues to be colored reddish-orange at Hasbro's request, you know, in contrast to her, uh, I guess, was it, pink and white on the cover? Yeah, yeah. it's like a red pink. Issue 29. The final page of Devastator Smashing the Ground features some familiar faces. You got Kelly, Red White, and Carlos Lopez are fleeing the scene. And Homer Simpson? Yeah, I wouldn't double what? check that one. They're all there. They're all there. What? It's it's Homer Buck wild, as I think the human <laughs> phrase says. <laughs> In issue 31, in order to intercept the five-hour-old light, Cosmos, you know, most logically has faster-than-light drives 
or uh, warp capabilities. Uh, in order to make it out of the vicinity of Pluto before the light itself got there. Having reached his monitoring position five light hours out to remain above a fixed point on the rotating Earth, Cosmos is cruising at 1.3 times the speed of light. Wow. He a fast boy. That's pretty cool. Imagine being the one that came up with that number and just like, I have to do the math on this. <laughs> what a nerd. I bet it, I bet it was Wheeljack. Yeah. In the last issue, on the second to last page, Josh Boyfriend is consistently misspelled as Josh Boyfriend. Looks like Thundercracker needs a spell checker in the addition to an agent. Uh, this was fixed for the trademark uh, paperback collection. <laughs> it was not fixed for the digital version, Dream. which we have. <laughs> all right. I think that's about all of it for RAD6. So, Mr. Kilobyte, do you mind giving us a short summary? You know, the easy. <laughs> Short summary, oh. indeed. Okay, I see how it is. <laughs> so, following a clue left by Alpha Trion, Optimus Prime leads a team of Autobots back to Earth, where an alliance of enemies old and new awaits them. Ton, ton, ton. And as always, this information has been taken from the wiki. Thanks, Kilo. Shall we get started? You're welcome, and we should. We start off six months after the Dark Cybertron event with Thundercracker back on Earth. I believe that's how it says. It's been a while, sorry. <laughs> Reading and writing his new screenplay, and it's absolutely fantastic. Can't wait to see the movie adaptation, especially Josh Boyfriend, which I hear is as handsome as an F-22 jet fighter. What are your thoughts on this, Kilo? I loved it. I found it super hilarious because... He's trying to adjust to Earth customs, but then he's adding little bit pieces of himself in there, and it just makes for a hilarious uh, interaction and like reading. Because he, like, when we see this, he's kind of like reading it to himself as he's like, I, I'm, I'm assuming he's like reviewing uh, what's there already. So it's just, it's just perfect. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Like he sounds so proud of himself when he writes it, and then he just walks in and like, uh, God, what was her name again? Uh, Fairborn. Fairborn. Let's just go Fairborn. And she's just spitting all over his beautiful work, man. Like, like nothing. Okay, before we do this, I originally thought that they were trying to do a Nurse Jackie reference by like smack talking the TV show Nurse Jackie because uh, on that page. She's like making fun of it, saying like, "This sounds. This is like that terrible show, Nurse Whitley." And like he corrects her, he goes, "It's Nurse Whitney." But there's <laughs> actually a TV show called Nurse Jackie, and I'm sitting there going, "Are they making fun of this TV show?" Could be a reference too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, there's a lot of references, and we'll see lots more later with uh, Thundercracker because he really likes the Earth culture. We then flip to Optimus, surprisingly Megatron, and Starscream on Earth, along with a few other Autobots. So my guess this takes place... There's a lot of time jumps, to be fair. Uh, this part, where we flip to, takes place five months after the events of Dark Cybertron. I w we'll try to tell you when there's a time jump. Uh, it's, just before MTME 6, right? Yeah. Um, it has to be. It has to be more. All <laughs> <laughs> right. There's another Megatron. The whole duplicates. Well, you're not wrong. Um, is it? Is it in Earth? Or is it in Earth? Yeah, yeah. So they they 
right? Isn't it Ert? Because they're they're isn't is this the part where they're fighting for Metroplex? No, no, that's the no. flashback. That's even oh. farther. I'm talking about where Windblade, Megatron, Optimus are on Earth, and then Prowl and Starscream start talking about how isn't it weird that like they're being a little cozy or something like that, right? I think that's in Cybertron. I think that's before they leave. Is it? Okay. Yeah. It just looks very Earth esque. Oh, is this um yeah, it looks kinda Prowl like Snow is talking to Cosmos and Smack talking Optimus? To Cosmos, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. We haven't we haven't gotten that far yet. All right. No, I, well, I think that's the part we're talking, but I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh well, I thought because oh, that's boy. the only part where we see Megatron in the in these in this volume, right? Like, right. In the, in the, so should I think it's Cybertron? Oh, I was just okay. talking about like how okay, like whoever does I, the video will tell us if we're wrong or right. <laughs> let's absolutely talk about the new decepticon leader and computron do you mind telling us about this decepticon leader specifically mm. their oh. brand new body upgrade and what they no. have in store for the decepticons no um <laughs> old, old man uh galvatron has taken over your favorite character or armada i suppose he's got like his sweeps color now like he's uh like a really shiny purple and like his orange cannon kind of like the typical galvatron you would see um like that was a reference to uh, gen one essentially and he's got like his little uh, purple crown sitting on his head anyway he's a tank too so there's that <laughs> i feel like I, th- I feel like they're they're just like this is just Megatron 2.0. It's just you know right. <laughs> well, except just... for he's got <laughs> he's like this war on generation Megatron, not necessarily war for Cybertron. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, I don't. Know. I, it could also be a reference because you know in the G1 movie Megatron is Galvatron, so it could be like a both a reference that's and true. just kind of like for for uh, like easier. Uh, differentiating like who's the leader is just you know a tank <laughs> i mean isn't megatron a tank in some cases yeah so yeah so that's why i think they're just using that as both a reference to g1 and a reference to like the leader of the decepticons is just a tank so right, right. it looks cool it just yeah i like uh, his new form i just don't like galvatron <laughs> <laughs> you can tell <laughs> the, the cannon on his back looks a little bit clunky but other than that it looks pretty pretty okay but there is a twist in this comic a big twist a twisty twist a twisty twist that has a twist that has a twist that's a twist earth has teamed up with the decepticon to put a stop to the evil forces of the autobots now Akilah, what was your thoughts when you first ran across this in the comics i was like not again <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. the, the humans don't learn do they it's just every time the decepticons show up they're like no the autobots are the evil ones we are the good guys we we didn't cause the destruction it was all part of megatron's plan he's the one that did all of that we're different now we're reformed and i'm like oh, come on <laughs> what was their argument to convince the humans do you remember oh yeah the uh, sound wave showed them the holocron of uh, Megatron wearing an Autobot symbol. Oh, yes, right. yes, yeah. yes. Man, that would do it. Silly humans. 
That's it. That's all, apparently only proof you need right there. Like, oh, no, yeah. see, he's only a bad guy now. Proof. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the ex-leader just switched his badge, and now they're all bad. Yeah, never mind the cassette in my chest was one of the leading bots that completely leveled New York. Just ignore that. <laughs> right. Ignore that one. Ignore that one. Flipping to the Ark, which is orbiting over Earth. It's not landing because humans are trying to shoot it down because it's an Autobot ship. We see Jeff Fire and a new character named Doc, who he's he's the sweetest boy, uh, attempting to keep the ship from being completely ruined. Thoughts on the new character and Jeff Fire? Better yet, the Constructicons on the ship protecting it from the small invaders. What are your thoughts? Our time we got a minicon. He's not we had quite one a and it died he's, in he's... rum. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> I'm still traumatized. Okay. All right, all right. We'll we'll talk about D and D after this. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting to. I think in that one specific scene, the uh, Constructicons were instructed by uh, Prowl to uh, do something on the ship, and Jeffire didn't like know what their their job was. And so he was just like sending a message to Prowl. He's like, I know you're not going to respond to this, but you're a jerk. <laughs> I love that interaction. And, and I love Jetfire interacting with Doc because he's kind of like the, for those who've seen uh, Warstar, it's kind of like the, the, uh, the D2R2 bot because they just do beep and sounds, but he can understand them and it's just a funny interaction because he's like yeah yeah i understand you just see a beep boop beep boop and they're just kind of arguing back and forth and it's just hilarious yeah there's something about like a drone or a robot that you can understand what they're saying but that they only speak in boops and beeps like the war star like you were saying the d2r2 or the um What's the other one that everyone loves? It's like the... Oh, uh, the 8BB? Yeah, that one. The, the ball one. The soccer. The soccer yeah. ball Is one. it BB-8? Or is it 8BB? BB-8? BB-8? Moving oh, on. I guess I got the it wrong. The fight takes us down on Earth, takes us to a town, and Prowl, who was told to stay behind, decides that was a mistake and jumps into action because winning, as some would say, which devastates everyone because, you know, it combines <laughs> with the Constructicons to form. You suck. Devastator. <laughs> which, you know, I'm just going to call Prowlestator because that's who it really is. I find it very interesting, the Optimus Prime and Prowl interaction in this comic. Because they're both kind of bumping heads. Is that what the humans say? We say bumping bumpers but that sounds different here on earth um, no, no we don't say that we definitely don't say that that's something totally else well i find it interesting that like prowl who used to be like the optimus's statistician to help him in battle is now arguing with him but ignoring him at the same time if that makes sense what are your thoughts uh, i i like it i it there were there were some ups and downs uh, for me, kind of like I agreed with Prowl, and then he did something. I'm like, I don't agree, and then I I agreed again. So it was kind of like a like a love and hate uh, relationship there. But I do enjoy uh, the banter between them because now Prowl thinks like Optimus is not really doing a good job, even though they've been 
at war for four billion years or, or more. Yeah. And then now he's kind of like using Optimus as his pawn in his big plan and not telling anybody. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. We'll see how that turns out. Yeah, and he's kind of playing some 4D chess with Optimus, right? And yeah. And it's, it's, it's very to. subtle. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the acknowledgement to Shockwave that Prowl does. Uh, yeah. Well, they're kind of opposites, and they're kind of becoming more and more alike. Yeah. One of the first arguments on Cybertron was Prowl's like, this is against logic. I'm like, hey, that's not your line. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. And then comics do pretty well, I think, the similarities between Prowl and Shockwave, right? Yeah. Right, right. Before we finish that, we get a flashback far into the past, 10 million years, during the very first Cybertronian Civil War, which shows Galvatron going on a murder rampage, killing headmasters, the followers of Nixus Prime. And we discover he becomes buddy-buddy with Alpha Trion. What are your thoughts on that? It, uh... It, I actually kind of drew some similarities because, like, you know, you see how Galvatron's on, like, this complete rampage and being this proficient killer, even though he boasts... But ignoring that, I was looking at him and then I was looking at RC and just seeing how much uh, those two were kind of had like that commonality of being complete murderers and just thinking about <laughs> the commonalities. Yeah, it kind of all goes full circle, I guess, because you become what you hate, right? Uh, but I, I do I do like the new perspective of uh, kind of because in the beginning, there were the ones that hated the system where like if you were born this way you have to do this right you're assigned this and then they eventually uh, created a system where they kind of like hate i think it was like they hated the ones that were upgraded like galvatron he says that it, it's not uh kind of like a like a, an abomination science when the headmaster combines with the with the other body that's like a different type of of hate and i think there was a third one i can't remember right now but i do like how they're kind of like giving different perspectives on on how they they felt over like adva advancements in the race and stuff like that yeah it's it's uh it's it's a different cybertronian thought process than we're used to right yeah where yeah. like in modern day we see megatron who is very where he only likes the transformer race the cybertronia race right yeah and then here we see like the the internal struggle right where they're like not necessarily racist but they're a little racist <laughs> it's the only way it's the only way you <laughs> right. can say it cuz he he is judging other bots for you know I, right. I I don't know how the headmasters come to be in, in these comics but either they were created that way or they were uh you know born that way but he just doesn't approve of that process and that was I find such it, like an old man yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I do find it funny cuz he he kind of hates the headmaster here but then uh he didn't mention anything about uh, uh oh, I forgot his name it's uh the the one Jax has made it's not abomination it's not monstructor uh, monstructor yeah. so and and he saw monstructor being you know formed and he didn't have a comment back then right so 
feel like we've touched all the bases on the past. Let's flip to <laughs> present day in the comics. We get to see Devastator versus Galvatron, and it packs a punch. Okay, sorry, I'll, I'll stop with the jokes for the next five seconds. What are our thoughts on this battle? I like it. I think it was fun, uh, especially since Autobots don't really have a... I've never had such a huge bot be on their side for once, so uh, I mean, that I mean, was interesting. They had Metroplex and Superion, but they never had like one recently, I guess, because Metroplex was gone for a while. Superion still relatively new. Yeah, but it's well, like interesting to have one out in on a recon mission, right? It's not necessarily because I yeah they've had Metroplex, but then Metroplex was sent away, and then they've had Omega Supreme, but then Omega Supreme kind of becomes their base. So it's kind of like like Devastator as a whole is more easier to have around at all times because it's multiple bots together instead of one giant bot that you always have to keep hidden and and we saw that in uh oh hell megatron where like devastator was just going like doing a rampage down in new york and they only managed to fight him off because they managed to find omega supreme and cybertron if not there was i don't think anybody could have stopped him yeah yeah he's he can be quite devastating (laughs) i do like how he just chucks Galvatron to the ground like Hulk did in the first Avengers to Loki. Oh yeah. Those marble <laughs> films. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So the humans, however, have developed a technology that can stun Decepticons. Interesting. Sneaky humans. And just as they are stunning Decepticons, they teleport out of town just as Devastator was about to paint the town and energon uh the one thing i want to point out here if it affects decepticons i'm just curious how it didn't affect devastator because he's like five six decepticons is he not Ah, uh, well you have prowl in there i think prowl managed to suppress some of it because we, we do see him with a like bloodied energon nose so i'm assuming it affected him but he managed to overcome because he doesn't have the the decepticon signature they were looking for hmm I mean, I kind of agree. I, I kind of feel like they should have had the Decepticon signature for at least for them to like break apart and then Prowl not be affected. But like, I don't yeah. know. I thought that's what was going to happen, that they were going to break apart, but they didn't. I'm like, huh, okay. Plot armor, okay. <laughs> Convenience. While we ponder on this topic, let's take a quick ad break. One, two... Three, Three shot. shot. Oh, that's that's strong. Nah, that's nothing. You should have seen me back in the day. I could have drink out the whole bar. Hey, Heximus. I haven't seen you at the bar for a while. Hey, guys. Well, what are you guys doing? Oh, Onyx was just saying he could out drink a whole bar. You want to try a shot of Energon? Sure. Oh, ugh, why did I even try that? I'm not a robot. The battery acid tasted my mouth. Uh, uh, oh, hey, you guys should try this. What's, What's that? that? It's nightmare fuel. Strongest stuff in the afterlife and existence. I'll see about that. Pour me a glass. God, that's what I thought. Oh, my prayers, you killed him! <laughs> Lightweight. Calm down, Kilo. He's just unconscious. 
and got knocked off his high turbo horse. Purchasing nightmare fuel, you agree to the following and will not sue if you have compulsive mad ravings, hallucinations, screaming. If you see someone else in your reflection or in your dreams, please avoid sleeping. Do not consume more than 13 ounces over the course of six days. And welcome back. Back in Autobot base on the Ark, ah, uh, for now, there appears to be a traitor among the crewmates. A little green traitor that goes by the name of Scavenger. Kilo, what are your thoughts on the thoughts, theories? Give us, give us everything that you were thinking. I was, I was like, no, it was all going so good. You were all kind of changed sides. You were following Prowl. I'm like, don't, don't ruin it now. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think they were talking to? I assume they were going to talk to uh, somebody on the Decepticon side. Because, uh, you know, having the Decepticon establish an alliance with the humans and, uh, you know, having being able to spy on the Autobot side now that you're with them, it was just going to be too kind of like perfect to not take advantage of, right? So. Yeah. Computron, I know you've read this one a couple of times, but I would like to know what your thoughts are. A little scrap deserves to get his tailpiped fragged inside out. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. What an intriguing thought. So let's move along. We'd see some more Optimus and Prowl tension going on on who the real leader of the crew is. We already touched upon that. But Galvatron confronts the human that created the mind bomb. The mind bomb is what they're calling the thing that's done just the Decepticons. And I find the whole interaction entertaining. Like he's telling him that if he does it again... Galvatron to the human he will kill him and then asks where he's from and the person says New Mexico <laughs> Galvatron says for good measure I'll destroy New Mexico and the old one as well it's just the whole thing was <laughs> hilarious I, it's just funny <laughs> and, he's, yeah. and he gets confused a little bit he's like what about my son at some point and Galvatron's like well I'll, I'll extinguish that or something like along the lines like he thinks it's it, it's the literal son not like the offspring of An human offspring. son yeah, yeah it was it was great <laughs> it was such a good interaction ah uh, Galvatron him and his war with literally everything that he sees and not understanding what he's going to war with uh, I, I do like how um, they kept to Galvatron's personality and knowledge in this comic because he's never been... Uh, well, he's been to Earth, but he's never really interacted with humans because uh, I, I, I did see Galvatron with the infection or the infestation comics. Uh, but he he's never really, you know, interacted with the army personnel and the military like uh, we saw in All Hell Megatron. And so I really enjoy like him not really understanding the, the, the language and all the things that they're saying, uh, which is uh, kind of like perfect because you get to enjoy more of the character and kind of like uh, experience it more. Yeah. And it's it's very reminiscent. I'm going to keep doing making this analogy of like uh, older generations don't keep up with terms <laughs> yeah. or want to learn new things. We're going to get canceled, sir. We're going to get canceled. So another battle happens on the human's secret base with Autobots and Decepticons, all while Jazz is enacting the real plan to find Alpha Trion's signal that appears to be originating in this place. And does he find it? He does find Alpha Trion. 
Yeah, but there's a there's a catch. Yeah, Prowl's there. And he's holding him at gunpoint. Dun dun dun. <laughs> what were your thoughts? Because I know that this is one of those issues where it ends right there, and then the next one picks up in the next spot. But what was your thoughts when you got to this point? Because I know when I, the first time I read this, I'm like, oh, Prowl, what have you gotten yourself into? That's it, it's kind of exactly what I like. I was like, it, like again, high lows with me with Prowl in this one. It was just like, yes, you're doing good. And then suddenly he pulls the gun out, adjusts it. I'm like, no, what are you doing? Stop it. <laughs> yes, yes. No, no, no. <laughs> yes, exactly. Do you remember that those memes where it's like, what are you doing? Stop. <laughs> I was thinking like when I first read it, like that was like the first thing in my mind was like, Prowl, Prowl, what are you doing? Prowl, stop. <laughs> Yeah, as the comic goes on, we get a little, I can't remember if it was a monologue or he's trying to tell someone or it's in his head that the entire operation was Prowl's plan the entire time because he was playing 4D chess and he made Optimus think it was his own plan. A lot of distrust is going on and Prowl uses this opportunity to form Prowlistator while on the secret base once more to tip the battle in his favor. And I, I'm going to use that specifically his favor because this is his battle that he is wanting to happen. What is your thoughts on that? I, 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 I. <laughs> I don't know. Probably is a love and hate relationship right now. <laughs> like He did some cool stuff and then he did some uh, not so cool stuff that I'm like... You're going to get yourself kicked from all the factions and nobody's going to want you. Yeah, we'll see what happens in the future. What holds for him? I mean, I kind of got that vibe that Prowl kind of viewed everybody expendable right after I started reading the records, right? And it's just like, wow, he's kind of just shoved that ideology to everybody now. Everybody's expendable. Yeah. Not just the records. Yeah. Now it's 100% Prowl. Yeah. yeah. Prowl's like, I will win no matter the cost kind of character. And it's it's starting to show, right? Right. Yep. There's a lot of great fight scenes. As the dust settles, Galvatron kills General Wigwiggy, which is Spike's father. And I enjoy him mixing up the spelling of Sun and Sun. And I know I touched on this earlier, but I, I now found my notes. And I like the general say, tell my son. And he gets blown to, you know... There's nothing left. Disintegrated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then Galvatron says, like, I hope your sun shines on whatever after spark awaits you. And it's just like, uh, OK, yeah, that makes sense. He doesn't know what the spelling sun means. And he tells everyone, the humans, because they didn't see him kill, that Prowl was responsible for his death, which is interesting. It's going to set up so much more chaos later on down the road. Oh, yeah. You mean we're not going to have a good fun time with humans? <laughs> well, Computron, speaking of which, <laughs> the best part of this ending is the next bit of notes. If someone wants to lead the way into that one. Lead the way. Boy, howdy, do we just love humans here on uh, Spurs Wire Podcast. But you see, we just discovered on the end of the comic that Thundercrackers discovered a clone army. And uh, boy, howdy, is it a clone army of thrust and ramjets? Uh, not again. <laughs> the yeah. machinations are back. Dun, dun, dun. Are they going to be headmasters as well? Um, spoilers, uh, Kilo. Well, spoilers. <laughs> oh, hopefully not. Oh, no. Spoilers. 
Yeah, so that's the end of that. Is there any other notes you guys want to cover? Any other things you want to talk about? I have two two things I want to cover. I want to cover uh, Soundwave because this volume, he kind of was like changing and trying to be peaceful with the humans and try to like help him to achieve his goal and uh, find their new home. Uh, but I do like that he's like, we're going to stick to the real Decepticon cause because Megatron just went all crazy and just tried to destroy everything he just like went off the rails from the true cause and and i really like that i really uh, enjoyed that and then i really like uh, prowl's new jeep or humvee uh, out mode i thought that was pretty cool i do have to say uh to kind of bounce off of kilobyte i i do and i i found it like so don't get me wrong i absolutely love Soundwave, right but you're kind of fishy about what his intentions were right and like the humans asked him like, well, what, what is it that you want? And the first thing he says is peace. And like deep to your core, you're like liar. <laughs> <laughs> you're a liar. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's true. Uh, Cause in, in the beginning when we, you know, see his origin and everything, he did join Megatron cause he wanted to make a change and change the whole mechanics in Cybertron. So I'm hoping after Dark Cybertron, he kind of went back to the original idea. He's trying to actually do that. Yeah. Which brings us to Rodstar rating. Who would like to go first? I don't think I've gone first in a while. All right, then uh, go first. I'm a, uh, I like it. Uh, I get frustrated with Prowl. And it's obviously, it's, for me, it's a good start. Uh, coming back to RID, so I'm going to give it a four. I can agree uh, on that. I think uh, it's a it's a good return to RID, and it brought a bunch of new uh, questions, and we're, we're looking for the answers. Uh, I like the whole, all the interactions between the different characters, so I'm excited. I'm excited to what happens in, with Robots in Disguise, so I'll also give it a four. I think in, a, in the first time in a while, not the first time, I take that back, it's been a while since we've all agreed, but I'm also giving this a four. Yes. It's a good time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a little wow for everyone. A little pat we on the back. Pat we did it. We did it. Good job, everyone. <laughs> uh, so let's go to emails. And we do have an email. But if you would like to get in contact with us and send us more emails, and we can read them here on the podcast and we can discuss them and say thank you, you can reach us at swervesbarpodcast at gmail.com. That is swervesbarpodcast podcast at gmail.com if you need help there is something on the screen or it's in the details below but our first email i don't know if this is your real name so i'm gonna blur that part out but they say hey so i started listening to this podcast and i am absolutely loving it i was wondering if you got the different classes and races from somewhere or if you came up with them yourselves i'm thinking they're referencing the D D." But would you guys like to discuss that? I know a lot of this is homebrew, and we take a lot of inspiration from the IDW comics, which some reference to D&D 5e, I think it is. Right, Kilo? Yes. Uh, we kind of try to use a, a system we've already used before, but we try to incorporate as many uh, references to the Transformers universe as we can. So we try to use uh, unique aspects of abilities and, and unique characters, kind of like the Titan Masters and the Headmasters, and that's why we wanted to incorporate as many possible reference. 
Yeah, and it's 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 been a thing that's been a work in progress for at least the last three or four years. So it's it's an ever changing moving forward to make things as balanced as possible and fun. Yeah, and you can actually I uh, think uh, Onyx that uh, one he's the one that kind of he's the mastermind behind majority of it. He's uh, oh, but I can't do any changes without you guys. <laughs> Who, who's going to be my victims? I mean, test subjects. <laughs> break and, the system. Uh, and uh, <laughs> if it weren't for him, we wouldn't have Zephyr. But I'll be honest with you, he's probably going to nerf Zephyr. <laughs> oh, it's been nerfed. <laughs> it's already been nerfed already. <laughs> it's been nerfed already. <laughs> and then we have a second. It's not an email. We have a comment on Instagram by HighBeamTF. These have been fun to listen to. And this is directly on our last video on More Than MTI Volume 6. Right on. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. So, moving to our next subject, ending thoughts. We recently have returned from Earth, and we went to a TFCon, and maybe we can talk about that a little bit. What do you think? Sure. Yeah. All right. Who wants to go first? I, I can go first. Uh, I've, I had a lot of fun. It was my first time visiting Earth. And I met a lot of uh, humans out there. And of course, I wasn't a giant robot. I used my hollow matter. But uh, I had fun. I visited so many new places. And I, I want to visit Earth again. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, turns out, uh, you know, hanging out with a lot of the Earthlings, you can kind of, you know, meet some really cool people that are, uh, you know, just as, you know, uh, inspired. I don't want to say inspired, but love, like, the same universe that some passion yeah that's the word i'm looking for they're compassionate about the same thing you are and it's honestly very very um relaxing and uh it was actually fun supporting onyx uh especially in the contest he won i think i'm gonna segue that to you buddy peer pressure so yeah uh, i custom my hollow human matter to have a cosplay i don't know if that's um the phrase but yeah, I wanted to look like Grimlock, and that was fun, and uh, was not expecting to get first place, because there was a lot of other really good cosplays. I met a group called the Arizona Autobots, those people were awesome. I met the, there's some cool, like, human formers, uh, like the Windblade one was awesome, there was a Junkion, that was pretty cool, there was Galvatron, There's just so many. There was a Wheelie, too. There was a really, yeah, there was a lot of cosplays and all of them were absolutely fantastic. Bravo. You guys, if you're listening to this, you are awesome. Any other thoughts? I don't like Los Angeles traffic, though. (laughs) Yeah, the traffic was a little intense. Um, It was hard to get around. Yeah, we almost got a a bumper, but that's okay. (laughs) That's okay. Our hollow matters, that is. (laughs) Well, when you're in vehicle mode. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't know if I'm, uh, I'm talking for everybody, but I am excited for next year, and I'm excited for other cons that we can travel to. Me too. I'm super excited. Should we talk about at least one toy? Maybe we got from the con. My two co-hosts here, the bestest of co-hosts, my favorite co-host, got me a Planet X Caucus, which is a IDW third-party Grimlock. And has been sitting on my desk for the last two weeks, front row, so I can see it in all its glory. 
And thank you so much for getting me these. This is amazing. But wait, there's more. I'm happy you got it. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Go on. Oh, uh, your your trophy. Oh yes. Okay. Another toy that I got is a Beast Wars Megatron. And it just so happened that David K was at this convention, so obviously I had to go get it signed. Which is what I did. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I just need a rubber ducky to go with it. I'm sure we can find some. I think uh, I think Swindle might have a bunch. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They might be weaponized, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's my turn. For me, I who was it? I don't remember who it was, but one of these great co-hosts again got me a Iron Factory. Uh, no, I think I got it myself. Uh, it was an Iron Factory Cyclonus, and it looks exactly like the Cyclonus from the IDW uh, MTME. And I love it because I also have a MTME-looking uh, tailgate, and right now they're both sitting next to each other, just like my G1 uh, Cyclonus is sitting next to my, uh, I guess you can call it G1 tailgate. So now I got two parallel universes of Cyclonus and tailgates sitting next to each other. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I don't think anyone bought that for you. I was just like roaming around and I sent you an image of it thinking like, ah, maybe he'll want this. Maybe right. he won't. And then like I two ran... seconds later, you're right next to me. I'm like, where did I you come from? I ran from the entire opposite side of the building to buy that. <laughs> I was hoofing it. <laughs> uh, I found I found mine, and it's the it's the fan hobbies arson, uh, which is uh, pyro from the wreckers. I and see I really what they like did it. there. Arson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And then uh, one of our guests called Clickbait uh, got me a Tigatron in a uh, Rekgar. She right they, they, they find it out there. So uh, Thank Clickbait you. also got me a Ravage. Yeah, sweet boy. <laughs> Good kitty. All right, I think we should move on. Are you two ready for Transformers Windblade? Yeah, I am ready. I'm excited. That's for sure. I'm yeah. real ready. If you've enjoyed this episode, consider sharing it with your friends and subscribing. We hope you are all staying safe out there and having fun and having a blast. Thank you so much for listening. You all are awesome. To all are one. Till all are one. Till all are one. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Swerves Bar Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Swerves Bar. If you are interested in more content, try checking out the spinoff D&D Transform and Rollout Rise of the World Killers. Let's tune in for a preview now. Um, I, think he, I think he's having fun. Just let him have his fun. And if he comes back as a head, well, just let me know, and then I'll go find his body. <laughs> okay, Peter Griffin. I was going to say. Let's see. Does sound like you're so far away? It's really menacing. As bullets fly, <laughs> riddling Zephyr. It's about time something puts you in your place. <laughs> So well, uh, So I'm dead. Wait, are you? Yeah. You what? Died? what? Yes. All right, we'll just say you're hitting the ship. Yay.
You're, you're blasting Yay! real good. It's doing no damage. Excuse but you. Pew, 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 pew. Makes me feel better. Exhilarating. There is also a YouTube channel with bonus content. Link will be provided below. End transmission.